22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Oh, one of my colleagues doesn't like when I say this, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. Um, fall is in the air. I know it's too early. I know it's not fall yet, but how do I know? Because I can smell the pumpkin craze rising like a crescendo. Welcome to a pre-autumn version of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 170. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who probably would have a complex order like a double mocha, half and half latte with a twist of cinnamon, but he doesn't even drink coffee, so who cares? MFG Mike, the finance guy. Will tear your soul apart. Hellraiser. Yes, look at you getting one. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've only seen one. I've only seen one Hellraiser. So, you know. Well, evidently, one was enough. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, even though I was probably shitting a brick when I was watching it, but I can barely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other host who didn't um, make his presence known yet is the man whose order would sound like this. Coffee, please. RT Square, Ralph the Tech. That is incorrect. Anyone who knows me knows I do not drink coffee. You would drink tea. I was waiting for you to interject. Continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other day, as I was strolling to a pumpkin patch, trying to find <laughs> the best, most brightest, most luscious pumpkin to carve up into the most hideous jack-o'-lantern you've ever seen, a thought crossed my mind. Both of the letters E's in the word B are technically silent. True. Right? <laughs> right? Well done. Well right? done. It's crazy. Two, two things about that, what you just said right now. Number one, if we are in pumpkin season, is that emoji that they use for referring to an ass, they a peach, do they use a pumpkin instead? No, they still use the peach because that would be kind of weird. It's like, oh, let me get that pumpkin, you know? That'd be more referring <laughs> to the ass than I guess, right? But, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And know. and the second thing is you need to work on your diction. Because every time you say, I, I had a thought, you keep sounding like you say, I have a thought. I'm like, whoa, it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> I might have a thought also. Maybe it is. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything's possible, Cap. Anything's not, possible. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So on today's show... We're going to look at another, once again, another DC animated movie as we discuss Superman, Man of Tomorrow. But first, Mike Lipes and I keep it short, especially when it comes to when he has to talk. So he's going to talk about geek stuff, and I'm going to shut the hell up. So here is Mike and his quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kat. It wasn't quick enough. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, please, you. Come on. Nope. All right. You might have called her the Queen of Thorns, Lady Olena Tyrell, on the Game of Thrones. Countess Teresa de Vicenzo, the first and only wife of James Bond from Her Majesty's Secret Service. But most of the world called her Emma Peel, the smart and sexy half of the 60s British spy series, The Avengers. Dame Diana Rigg passed away on September 10th. The BAFTA Emmy and Tony Award winner was knighted in 1994 as Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth II for her long contributions to theater and film. Her daughter, Rachel Sterling, said Rig died from cancer that she had just been recently diagnosed with in March. 
but she went peacefully in her sleep at home surrounded by family. Diana Rigg was 82. 82. Um, um, many blessings, many blessings. Yeah. I love her. She was a great character. I was wondering if you, if, I mean, I figured you were familiar with her work, Mike, yeah. being that you, you watch a lot of British television. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. When I saw it, I was like, ah, I can't resist it, announcing that out because it, it, it just it struck me. I was like, oh, man, another Absolutely. good person. Anyway, Wait, Ralph, those, Ralph, she, Ralph, were you familiar with her work? She had the rank of commander. Uh, well, she um, it's a it's a honorary title, but yeah, she's named. Actually, she was originally commander of the Order of the British Empire, um, in I think 1988, and then she became Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire in '94. That's kind of sad when you think that Captain America's rank hasn't changed in his whole life, and this woman <laughs> has an honorary commander title. Maybe he's True. just not a good soldier. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving along. Don't go dissing the cap and especially hey. that cap. Alrighty. Yeah. From supernatural to supervillain, Lovecraft country star Jonathan Majors is rumored to take the role of a top tier Marvel villain. Mm. The African American actor will be joining the cast of Ant Man Three as an yet unidentified character, but. Reports outside the studio indicate he will be the tyrannical transgressor of time travel, Kang the Conqueror. The 31st century despot is also rumored to become a main villain in the franchise. In the meantime, Sue Storm better keep an eye on Misty Knight because in the comics, Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards, and he's white. (laughs) (laughs) Very true, very true. By the way, Mike, I like that alliteration here, tyrannical. I was like, well done. Thank you. (laughs) But going back to what the, the, the crux of your news, um, Kang the Conqueror. Um, yeah, I like that guy. For, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like Kang growing up until you know because he's not a he's not a kid friendly villain. No, he's time travel and it's all that stuff. So I was like, oh, he's the guy with the blue face and the and and, and the magenta helmet. He's right. garbage. And they're like, no, wait till you get older, you'll you'll appreciate him. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, they're gonna yeah. make Kang the Conqueror. That's dope. Yeah, I am interested to see how that goes. But I mean, I, I could see him being a major villain. Maybe not the major, but I mean, I really actually I could see him being the major villain um, because he is that crafty and he is that cunning and strategic. And because of all the future weaponry, he has that powerful. Right. So, you know, um, but it will be interesting to see if he a is that character and if that character does become, you know, a major player. If if he's only a major, then he'll be a, a okay. Captain America will be all right because, you know. Captain's higher than a major, right? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> I, uh, I'm not military. I think that's right. Wait, no, well, no. Yes, it must be because no. Actually, I don't know because there is a captain major. So oh. yes, I think you're right. So I think it is major, captain major, and captain. I think that's what it is. Maybe that's the way oh, that goes. Okay. Military people out there, answer us. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Don't you have two nieces that are in the military, bro? Uh, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Mike's right. Let's let's seek out to our fans who are in the military. Please let us know. But alrighty. But what else you got, Mike? The Walking Dead is dead. Long live the Walking Dead. Yay. AMC is recently. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. AMC has recently <laughs> announced that the eleventh season of the hit zombie apocalypse TV show will be its last. However, About the eleventh season will be expanded to include twenty-four episodes and. In a move that makes no sense, will be split between two years, yet it's still considered one season. I don't understand that. Anyhow, what? of course, wait, wait. this will, yeah, 
Uh, is, is that two years all, in the show or like two years no, in real time? No, they're, usually they only have about 10 episodes, so they're making 24 and they're splitting it between two years. Okay. But it's one season. So, so um, no yeah, sense. I don't understand it. Uh, of course, this will not be the end of the show's legacy. There are already two spinoff shows, Fear of the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond, with another on its way starring Daryl and Carol in Tales of the Walking Dead. And for those that need their doses of Rick Grimes, he still has a few movies in the works. That's right. I know you had mentioned previously in the, in the quick news when Robert mm-hmm. Kirkman was trying to be, speak nicely of the pandemic thing. You know, this has been a great opportunity for us to do films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, wow. What was he saying? No, I was about to say he, he really needed to work on that. Yeah, get, <laughs> gently pull foot out of mouth. That's what he needed yeah. to do. He needs a publicist. That's what he needs. Like, uh, so this is what you want to say. This is what you're going to say. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. I, I'll say this. I haven't watched Walking Dead in quite some time. If two seasons, yeah, I would say this would be the third season I haven't watched Walking Dead. So I have a lot to catch up on. But if you're saying it's going to be a, a big break, I'll have some time. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad right. to say that I've been Walking Dead free for so many years that I don't even remember what The Walking Dead is. And my life has been so much better for it. Well, to refresh your memory, it was your favorite show ever produced. With tanks. Uh, yeah, there was even a tank in it. I, I, I remember a tank. I don't recall the favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> what, why, you, why you go over that, Ralph? What else you got, Mike? All right. Last but not least, on the last episode of As the DC Superhero Movies Turn, Wonder Woman 1984 was gleefully scheduled to be released on December 13th, 2019, when suddenly... The date was moved up to November 9th, 2019. But then, faster than you can say, why are the women in Paradise Island dressed in frilly negligee? The release was pushed to June 5th, 2020 as a nonsensical nod to the original movie's premiere date in 2017. Then, with the world in the grip of the coronavirus pandemic, the studio pulled up stakes and guaranteed delivery for an October 2nd, 2020 opening. Unfortunately, the powers that be feared a tepid box office return for the franchise and have yet again changed the release date so fans, for the fifth time, please be optimistically skeptical or is that <laughs> disbelievingly confident uh, to see Gal Gadot in her satin tights fighting for our rights on December 25th, 2020, along with Santa Claus shimmying down your chimney. Now, will the, strokes, will the strokes towards this new date bring audiences the explosive relief that they've been edging to achieve? Or will millions of moviegoers be blue-balled with yet another teasing delay? For the answer to these and other important questions, tune in next time when Luis Ladron, Hacienda Falls' sexiest unmarried felon, is released from the hokey maximum security prison and renounces his life of crime. When reporters ask what brought about his sudden change, Ladron responds, While I was in the hokey pokey, I turned myself around. (laughs) I really can't wait for that to become a TV series. (laughs) You keep selling it, though. You keep selling it. And that is all your quick news? That is all the quick news. All right. Ralphie boy, Mr. T himself, and not Mr. T, as in, like, B.A. Baracus, Mr. Herbal T. you have any quick news? I pity the fool that doesn't listen to what I'm about to say. So I've already tuned out. Um, <laughs> most of you are pretty aware there is an Avengers video game that was recently released. On mm-hmm. Sony. I must say that it is quite fun to play. I have is been, it? I've been enjoying it. 
I recently purchased it, and I've, I've played about three to four hours of it already, and I'm liking the story, especially because it's told from the perspective, mostly from the perspective of Kamala Khan. And they came as Marvel, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. it is it's very well done. I, I'm quite enjoying it, especially the nice. the, the gameplay uh, mechanics and, and the, the fighting mechanics are refreshing. So anyone who enjoys Marvel and enjoys uh, fighting and uh, a good story, I would suggest to purchase the game. Nice. Wow. Good recommendation. That's a really good quick news. And, and it's funny because Ralph says that. I own an Xbox. I was going to get a PlayStation just for the game. Between that and Spider-Man, I just wanted to get an X, well, a PS4. They have it on Xbox. Wait, eventually? I thought it was only on um, on uh, PlayStation. That's all I've seen it for. I thought, I thought so as well, but I don't follow that stuff as well as much. Hold, yeah. please. Okay. Well, <laughs> while, while Ralph is, is checking that out, um, the only quick news I'll say is I didn't realize that... DC was doing another fandom this past weekend. Yeah. What's with that, Mike? What was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't interest me enough to watch the first one. The second one wasn't getting my attention either. I disagree with you, Mike. They gave a lot of great news that, that was coming out, but I don't want to share that now. Ivan wants us to do a separate show, Mr. Cooper. So I said, maybe I'll pass it by. Mike's going to probably say no, but fuck it. <laughs> uh, that means now I have to actually go back and watch the fandom? Oh, uh... Not the fandom, just the just the, the news they release. Some of the things you have to watch, and some of the things, you know, I mean, just the, the discussion groups I'd skip because you can get a summary on that. Right. So yeah. okay. you, I was correct. It you was correct. On Xbox One <gasps> and PlayStation Four. Oh, thank you, Ooh. bro. Okay, I, I guess I'll have I'll something to buy and I barely ever play. Yeah, <laughs> hey, but but at least you'll have it you have it there in your library saying I could have played it. I could have been a contender. Could have been a contender. <laughs> exactly. All right enough fucking around let's go right into what we're here to talk about let's go talk about the dc the newest dc animated movie superman man of tomorrow and with the synopsis is the guy who just gave us so much news his jaw is probably tired but like a two-cent hooker he trudges on mfg mike the finance guy i'm a five dollar hooker and everybody knows that Okay. All I'll right. sell yourself short. You're like ten. No, no, no. We always round up. So there you go. That's true too. <laughs> Alrighty. Superman: Man of Tomorrow is the 39th film in the DC Universe animated original movies. They've got to shorten that name. I and leave that re- to you. I never say it that way. Go ahead. <laughs> and was released direct to video on September 8th. The 86-minute feature chronicles the life of Clark Kent from his preteen years to his early adventures as Superman in Metropolis. The film was directed by Chris Palmer and written by Tim Sheridan. Superman Man of Tomorrow has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of, they need more people to review this thing, 100%, with an audience score of 71%, which should just tell you that difference right there, and absolutely no review from Metacritic because they gave zero fucks. (laughs) Of course they know. They always do. All righty. In an attempt to make white American men feel good about themselves, Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment once more revisit the early life of DC Comics' Jesus narrative. We see the incredibly brief moment when a preteen Clark feels teary-eyed anguish over being different than other kids. But in watching him turn into the tall, perfectly formed, muscular Adonis with interstellar flight, mythic strength, and an assortment of godlike powers, the audience is pained to emphasize with his, his plight. For unprovided reasons, the bounty hunter Lobo arrives to capture the Kryptonian. But the Mexican-named alien fails to take down the white of might and causes a greater menace to the nation when he accidentally creates the creature known as Parasite. 
In keeping with DC Comics' well-documented racial standards, a black man is burned to a crisp by Parasite while the recently weakened man is still <laughs> is only able to watch in horror. Oh, shit. Ah, but all is not lost as Superman receives <sighs> help from the recently imprisoned Lex Luthor. Now releasing a rich white businessman who callously nearly killed thousands in low-class neighborhoods is probably not the best plot device in today's socio-political climate, but, you know, hey, it's just one story, right? And look, the Martian that looks like a black guy is alive after all. All right, starring <laughs> <laughs> Darren Chris as Kal-El Superman, Alexandra Daddario as Lois Lane, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor, Ike Amadi as John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, uh, Ryan Hurst as Lobo, Brett Dalton as Parasite, Neil Flynn as Jonathan Kent, and Bellamy Young as Martha Kent. All right, so let's go did, talking about it. Did you say Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor? He yes, sure I did. did. It was oh. the third thing I said. Wow, I was not listening. Not at all. <laughs> Except for when you pick that up. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about it. Superman, Man of Tomorrow. But before we talk about anything, let's press that spoiler button that we paid so much money for. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Mike is right. Um, just upon the accident alone, it is trillions. So that... Spoiler warning was brought to you by the rich Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush! Sky, it's a Brit! Stush! <laughs> it's a Brit. <laughs> I, I, how can you tell it's a Brit? I can see his teeth from here. <laughs> oh, snap. He's, he's using an umbrella to slow himself down. <laughs> right. All right, so let's talk about it. Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Now, one thing that Mike mentioned when we covered Apocalypse was that Apocalypse was, um, or the last animated, um, DC animated um, movie that we covered dealing with Apocalypse was the fact that that was the last of that story run. Correct, Mike? Right, it's the last of the whole war. The, the, the what is it, the New 52, <laughs> when they rebooted the Justice League, they finally finished that storyline but the New 52 ended, like, how many years ago? <laughs> you know, Right. 600. The reason, why, the reason why I mention that is because when you look at the... Um, I had that in mind when watching this particular... Um, when I had... Um, you know, when I was watching this movie. Did you notice a difference in the art style? Before we talk about anything else, did you notice a difference in the art style? And did it hit you immediately, or was it something that was very subtle? It didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until um, Clark was an adult and uh, wearing a white shirt all the time uh, that it had a thick outline of a, a black outline. Yes. Um, which, yes. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I guess I saw it in the other things, but it's just when he was wearing a white shirt, I was like, oh, wow, he's really outlined. Um, it didn't bother me. I, I, I heard um, that there was a reason that they did that. I mean, beyond just the style, I think they were maybe giving it a, a like a throwback feel or something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. But it didn't bother me. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, for me, it didn't bother me at all. I, I liked it. What, what about you, Ralph? Did you notice it right away? And how did you feel about it? Yeah, I noticed it right away, and I, I liked that it had sort of like an, an old style to it. Though I, I kept iman uh, imagining like some sort of like fourth wall breaking character commenting on the fact that everyone has such a dark outline around them. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> like an ambush a, bug for that. Ambush bug. There we go. That, that's a fourth wall breaking character. Um, yeah. so I'll say this. I liked it. Oh, like, is that going wrong? It's like, do, do you guys notice that we're, we're so outline like what's what's going on is and everybody just be like <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about 
Wow, there's a lot of black here. Hey, I'm Martian. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, I'll say this. I, I really appreciated the, the different kind of a look because they did because they were done with the other arc, and I said, let's go with a different style. I like that style that they have. It reminds me of Archer, how thick the, the black outlines are. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And also, that's what it struck me right away. I was like, what does it remind me of? Archer's one of them. Also, there's a lot Can of... Can you imagine um, if Archer's voice was Superman? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, Benjamin. Was his Benjamin something? That, that dude's hilarious. Yeah, is it John H. Benjamin or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... That would change everything about Superman going forward. I'm sorry, but go ahead, there, Cap. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I really like the way it looked. The one thing I didn't like, and I don't know if you guys um, agree, I felt like some of the colors were a little bit washed. Like, it felt like a little pale, especially skin color. It's funny how Mike talked about in the synopsis, you know, you know, for white people making themselves feel better, blah, 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 blah. But you notice, you look at look at Cal, look at, look at you know, Mom, Pa. It's not that they look white, but they look washed out. Like, the, like there was no skin color something to it i mean because even in parasite the purple that they used um wasn't very vibrant not that it had to right. jump off the screen right. but um like especially when it was dark or if there was like fire and it was darkening the skies uh things tended to be a little bit more drab looking right that's, that's, that's exactly i mean even when you saw superman's blue uniform which we'll get to in a second um it looked kind of washed out so that was the one thing i didn't like it felt like that i was like the lines looked great but the color just didn't pop. I think in a superhero movie or, or an animated um, feature, it should pop. Yeah. I, yeah. I did also like, um, as far as uh, the animation goes, uh, I mean, I agree. I, I definitely like the look of the animation. It's not, again, it's not for people that haven't seen it that are expecting like to have their minds blown. It's not that it's mind blowing. It's just, it's, it's pleasant and it's different after all we've been getting. Um, I also like that, uh, I mean, granted, this is a young Clark Kent or a young Superman, but he looked he looked approachable. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 You know, he he yes. didn't look like I have, I'm trying to be like, you know, the parent or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a God and you're, and I'm just saving your life. He actually did look pleasant. I did like that about him. Yeah. And yeah, this, this was, uh, an interesting, uh, portrayal of him. Cause for, for most of the, the movie, he is, sort of slightly diminished because after he encounters parasite and he loses a little bit of his power you can sort of see where he he his whole life he wanted to be human and now he's, he's slightly a little bit more human and he's going through that struggle so it's, it was i i enjoyed seeing that and they they kind of portrayed that pretty well yeah let's, let's go into that i mean how, how do we feel this this cow stacks up against other um other versions of the character well, they, it's this uh, film is not uh, a very action film. I'm not saying there's not a lot of action in it, but the action that's in it, it's not very gripping. I don't feel. I mean, like it just—it feels like the action is well. It's a Superman story, so there has to be punching, fighting, and monsters. That's yeah, what it it's, feels it's, like it's to me. Um, yeah. uh, I don't. Not saying that the base story, you know, really supports it really strong, but it's definitely much more, I guess, about. Um, being Clark Kent and being Superman than it is about where's the next monster to fight kind of a, a storyline. At least, I guess, I think that's how, how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I enjoyed it at parts. At other parts, 
like I said, I, I and it's been a thing I've complained about before with Superman. It's like when, once they get into him whining about like being an alien and feeling like an outcast, it's like you do that to try and relate to people because we've all been teenagers and every teenager feels like an outcast. Um, even right. as humans, we tend to feel like outcasts. Why? Because, well, we're trapped within our own minds and, you know, we think that we're very unique that way. Um, I get it. But again, like I even pointed out in the synopsis and not that there's anything that's that's, you know, newsworthy, but it's like you're perfect in every way and you've got the powers of a god i'm not feeling for you sorry like you know and the reason why i bring this up because i know the one thing that we've talked about as a group and we've been together wow it's gonna be i mean it's not 10 years but it's close closing up on 10 years um one thing we talked about is the yeah, fact my, that my know, clone's been with you for nine years i'm just joining you this last year good it, job which, fucking nick fury <laughs> is that like the is, 10 years is that a diamond anniversary or is that gold Maybe ten. No, no. Silver. You have the computer. You you gotta look up. You gotta look up what games are on PS4 and Xbox. You can't look up what a ten year anniversary is. Well, because you know, I don't, uh, eh, all right, hold on. I got he, you. he wants to be surprised. <laughs> so yeah. I give him a shitty gift. You can bitch about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bring this up because I, the reason why I brought that up is because one thing we've always debated about is how is Superman being portrayed? Are we enjoying the more recent versions of Superman? Because, you know, everybody was swearing, well, DC's the darker, the darker um, comic book. And I'm like, guys, no, it's just the movies. It's not the comic book. So when it was turning into the into the um, the cartoon version, you weren't getting very good Superman renditions. So I was very curious what you guys thought about how Cal and Superman, you know, seemed in this one. I like them better than, than, than the last Superman that they had. I think oh, go ahead, girl. I think I, I, I heard your lips parting. <laughs> well Wow. That means the chaps. <laughs> first off, uh ten is a tin or aluminum. So now you know. And now he's just gonna get you foil. Thanks. We could have gotten diamonds. Yeah. Way to open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I I quite enjoyed this portrayal of, of Clark and, and I, I felt I actually felt like this one was a little bit more human than most of the other ones. Because especially since this this is more of a younger Clark that we see, we don't really get too many movies with a with a really young Clark, and because he's still discovering who he is. This is why I I actually found this movie more compelling because you see him struggling with his identity, and most of the other stories, at this point he's already uh, created the Fortress of Solitude and discovered um, all about um, beating off in, in Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Probably, but he's he's already discovered all about Krypton and learned from the crystal and all this jazz. So he's so all this he's jazz. so he seems a little bit wiser. But in this one, he has yet to fully discover where he comes from. So he he he's unable to fully determine who he's gonna be without knowing where he where he came, came from, from. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I like that this Superman. Like uh, going with what uh, Ralph was just saying is that. Remember, the Fortress of Solitude, that whole finding that and da-da-da-da, that was a movie thing. Yeah. Not that the right. Fortress of Solitude didn't exist before that, but he built it, like, just to have some place to be. Um, so that whole, you know, crystals and finding yourself and talking to his, his dead parents through AI algorithms, that's all from the movies. Um, so this one, because by this point, if this was following that same 
um, thing in order for him to even become Superman, he would already have found the, um, mm -hmm. the Fortress of Solitude. So assuming that, you know, I mean, they can always bring it up later, have him build it, whatever they want to. So, yeah, I mean, here they've basically ignored that part, which was original to his storyline. So it felt a little bit like they're they're saying, like, we're, we're revisiting an old Superman uh, style. Um, right. Which, again, I'm, I'm for that for right now to see where they're going to go with it, uh, because he wasn't gritty this time. Um, and that doesn't mean that he was fa la 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 life is the most beautiful thing in the world either. I mean, it's just, it, it felt a little bit more uh, balanced, mm -hmm. you know, like okay. where he, you know, like where he realizes, hey, things are kind of bad, but that doesn't make me gritty. And yet, you know, but at the same time, I'm not like, hey, you're poor and all, but like, look on the bright side, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's some fine line in there. Uh, so I was happy about that uh, with okay. the storytelling. That doesn't mean that the storytelling was always great. <laughs> like, like when he, when he first meets Rudy Jones, who will eventually become Parasite, I, I know you needed exposition, yeah. but that janitor that evidently knows everything that goes on in Star Labs and has no problem telling anybody. I was like, does, does, does anybody, like, do they do, like, background checks? Do they have, like, a non-disclosure agreement? Like, if you're going to be a janitor in this place, you can't fucking say shit. Because we have a non-disclosure. He's just like, yeah, dude, I see bodies. And yeah, and there's a container units down there for holding people of vast powers. Right. What the fuck? How do you know this? Well, I, <laughs> Are you the only janitor? <laughs> there's, right. there's someone we could ask. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. So, so I actually had the pleasure of looking over Star Labs' um, employee contract. And janitors aren't actually considered human beings in their eyes. <laughs> oh, so they oh, don't shit. even consider them to, like, be able to spill secrets or even understand what's going on. Because, you know, Star Labs is so, like, hoity-toity type of people, smarty pants. True. So they're like, oh, this janitor won't understand a thing of what's going on. So who is he going to tell? So that's... that's Evidently the press. That's why. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't, you know... Think of the contingency, the fact that this guy was actually smart enough to do and, and understand what was going on. Right, but, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's their fault for underestimating, you know, human potential. That's true. Yeah, this has been... Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. I'll say one thing. That, that guy keeps showing up unexpectedly. Because last show, I thought he was going to have two or three times. He didn't show up. And this one's like, bam. I'm like, okay. Well, he, he, he called me after the last show and he said he couldn't make it. He was stuck in traffic. Wow. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of tough, you know, kind of around. He what, has yeah. he has like this hyper jet type of thing. But then when he gets into the tunnel, tons of traffic. No, I, I was about to say he's like those geniuses that are smart in some ways and dumb in others. So he's smart enough to explain things that we don't understand, but can't find his way around the fucking map. You, those are your words, but not mine. All right, I don't want to talk bad oh, about that guy. Oh, oh, I, I will sit. I will stand firmly on those words. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys this: um, what He about still won't be much taller. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this: What about the rest of the supporting cast for Superman? Before we get to like the crux of the story, real quick, do you do you think the the rest of the supporting cast for Superman, you know, did they ring true? Like, was Perry White? Did it feel like Perry White? Was Lex a good Lex, and was Lois, which was very important, a good Lois, or was she not? I thought Perry felt like a she, she mockery of himself. Oh, really? 
He just felt, I mean, it just, it didn't feel like Perry White. He just, yeah, he just felt like, I'm just going to be a loud talking buffoon. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, I mean, he was fine, but that's what he felt like to me. Um, Lois, they keep trying. They just, they just keep trying. Like, they, 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 yeah. they, they, you know, she's this modern woman and I'm, I'm fine with her being a modern woman, but their idea of modern woman, which this was written by a man, uh, is that she was just crass and brash. Yes. Yeah. But like needlessly so. Like, like first of all, and again, you guys that know me out there, and especially you guys, particularly you who know me, it's like, I'm not Mr. Like, yo, fist pumping in the air, pro-black, Wakanda forever kind of a guy. But I'm like, first of all, there's only one black guy in this entire thing that's actually a black guy. The other one is a Martian who just likes to be black, and we don't understand that. But there's only one black guy in the thing. Um, he doesn't get very much screen time, and that's fine. I don't care about that. That's that's not the point of this uh, story. But, like, crap's going down. Um, uh, I know I'm skipping ahead, but uh, so it won't get too much detail. But Parasite's attacking the city in a big way, and it's all happening somewhere not too far from where they are. It seems like the Daily Planet is near every incident, no matter where it takes place in Metropolis. So um, he, the, the guy, uh, Ron Troop is his name. He's on a cell phone talking to some important contact. And she takes the phone out of his hand and she just goes, well, the story's outside. And then just takes his phone away. <laughs> I'm like, he was working. He's probably making about as much as you, you damn witch. No, probably, <laughs> you know, like, probably, he's probably, well, he's probably making more than her because he has already been there longer. Right. You're assuming, but she came in as a star, so we don't know. But it was just one of those things where like, she just kicks in Clark's door. Yeah. <laughs> Because she hasn't seen him, I'm like, I'm like, that's uh, not, that's not modern. That's that's just insanity. Being a dick is being a yeah. dick. Yeah. And mind you, and mind you, I, I know what Mike's saying. Usually, Mike and I slightly disagree on this stuff, but I'll say I to wholeheartedly agree. I feel like when they write Lois, they try to write strong, and they make her a dick, and that's the thing. Like uh, an example of her being a dick. And I don't want to like go too far into the story, but um, when she talks about, um, she's checking the, the time when she kicks in the door. She goes in to check in on Clark. And what does she do? She's trying to find a way to pull the story out of him because yeah. she's trying to persuade him, like saying, um, you need some, sometimes you need to ask somebody who's smarter to be able to, you know, help you out. And she's thinking he's going to go to her. So she's already ready to take the story. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of conniving. Or even yeah. before then, when, she, when she's talking about early on, when she's talking about meeting Superman, she's like, well, right. you know, I'm leaving him hanging because, you know, you know, I, I'm built, I feel how she explained it. It's a power play. Saying, it's a power play. A power play, yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, but, it would work as if maybe you would see a, a slight change in her, you know, maybe toward the end. Because, okay, you know, maybe she was a little bit rough, but whatever. But no, they just write her like she's just. And a also, dick. yeah, and also it's like, first of all, Clark, I'm sure you've seen lots of prettier women, and that's fine. I mean, you know, you always make that connection, but it's like, so between those two events that the cap just went over, why? I mean, again, doesn't mean that you have to hate her, but it's like, you wouldn't be long after a woman that just tried to take your story from you. <laughs> while you're trying to get up the ladder, you know, and then has shown you that she's all about power play. It's like, yeah, I don't see like, so that, that also threw me off. Cause it's like, this is supposedly his great love and da 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 da. And he's still like, you know, all googly eyed. And I'm like, this is not a good start to a relationship by any means. And then I am going to jump again toward okay. the end, unfortunately, because, because it's, it's about what we're talking about. Right, so then at the end, um, he, um, as Superman blows her off when she asks, you know, hey, she apologizes, like, sorry about that, da 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 da. And he's like, yeah, well, we're going to have to reschedule this anyhow, maybe another time. And he leaves her with no story now and smiles 
off, not off screen, he smiles where she can't see him as Clark Kent over the delight that she just got screwed. I'm like, what kind of romance am I supposed to be feeling here? Like, this is not a real, like, this is just like dick upon dick. I'm like, I'm like, this is not good when you're trying to tell me modern romance or whatever you want to spill it as. It just, it just felt like these are two people that don't belong together. <laughs> you know, they might, he might long after her and she longs after Superman, but they don't belong together. <laughs> right. Oh, my friend, you do not understand the matters of the heart. It is a dance. <laughs> they dance with each other. Yeah, but but, but look had a better understanding of romance. <laughs> Straight up. Now, what's interesting is, you know. Wait, so, you mean the rapist Pepe right. Le Pew? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, what, now, did, what did you guys think of Lex? Oh, Zachary Quinto. Like, I felt, I, yeah, I'm sorry, Ralph, go ahead. He, I don't know if you've ever watched Heroes. Of course. He, well, no, I'm talking to the cat, that guy right there. Yeah, you never know with that guy. Yeah, see, you he, didn't watch Heroes. Out. Remember, I was working. I was working three, four days a week back then. So no, I couldn't yeah, even watch it. Yeah, yeah. No it's on Netflix, man. You can watch it. I, I should, but 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 it's already. I already know the first season is great and the rest is whack. It's fucking anticlimactic. Well, anyways, in that Zachary Quinto plays a serial killer, and Siler. Yes, and in, in this one, it seems like he tried to like take a little bit from there and include it with Lex, but it, I don't know. He he just seemed kind of bland. See that it's it's just Lex is just feeling stale. I mean, he as a character that um, the way they use him, he is as I again as I referring back to my uh, my synopsis, and he's just a rich white businessman mm-hmm. that. Skirt when that, that he, no, I'm sorry, he doesn't skirt the law, he flat out breaks the law. He, <laughs> he, you know, embezzles, he launders, he uh-huh. steals, yeah. he, he murders, and he doesn't give a damn about people. Yet, we're but yet, not just in this movie, most of the more recent, like, and I'm talking about in the last 10 years worth of, and in fact, even beyond, because he was even he even helped save the day more than once in the Justice League uh series. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's this whole thing where, like, yeah, he does do these horrible, inexcusable things, but, you know, he's our go-to guy. And it's like, or the fact that, like, this criminal, this man that has murdered thousands, even in the comics, was able to then be ahead of the Justice League in the comics. I'm like, I'm like, this is not good, you know. So, anyhow, that's the character he's been. And uh, here, he's just, it just felt formulaic. Yeah. Actually, I didn't feel like it was formulaic. I felt like. Um, they were trying to misdirect us because you see Lex in the beginning and he's talking about this rocket and, and that's when Lois comes out and whatever. And once they kind of brushed them off to bring out, you know, um, so Superman's trying to save the rocket from hitting the people because, of course, Lex helped build the rocket. The rocket doesn't fucking work well. It's going to hit the people. Here comes Superman. And now Lobo comes out. So now I feel like they kind of deked us and they try to like misdirect us and go, okay, you're going to have Lex. Oh, no, look, you're going to have another villain. And they have Lobo come out. How'd you guys feel about Lobo? Mm. It's Lobo, well, baby. The way I always <laughs> feel about Lobo. <laughs> like I, I like Lobo in small doses and in Lobo's own adventures because then the insanity works. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, here it's just I'm cool, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, that's kind of his character. You're like, all right, man. <laughs> you know. Yes, I should get. Uh, I shouldn't get any Father of the Year's award because I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, it's DC animated. Forgetting DC animated's history, 
I'm like, oh, Rusty can sit here and watch it. We're watching it. And and Lobo, he, wait, he doesn't say the F-bomb, but then says, uh, he says shit. And I'm like, whoa. And right, yep. Lobo said a bad word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. I was like, first of all, you know who that is. That's great. He said, no, honey. He was just talking about going to the bathroom. Which is still not good. <laughs> still not good. But I mean, you know, I mean, and again, not excusing it, but it's just like in every, all the other movies that, like I've said, like when they they'll throw out randomly throw out bitch. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you're just degrading something. You didn't have to do this. It's not bringing realism to this unreal thing. And all you're doing is basically moving your rating. That's all you're doing. Now, now mind you, the only bitch. thing, the only thing, right? <laughs> the only thing I'll say is that with Lobo, you at least it at least is part of his character, so it's not out of left field. No, it's not left field for the movie, you know, for the movie, and that you would try to like censor it. But yeah. Lobo as a character, you could say, okay, yeah, he would say that. I just found it like, whoa, he came out of nowhere with that. I was like, oh, okay. And he's yeah. just like, he's like the obnoxious friend that like thinks he's cooler than what he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Look at look at me, babe. I could do this. Shut the fuck up. And, and I like the way he was drawn. That's the thing. I like the way he was drawn. He looked really cool. The sound was like it sounded like a very Lobo kind of voice. So everything worked. I just didn't like the way he worked with the story. Well, Him fighting Superman was, you know, cool for like two seconds. And I got bored after a while. Yeah. yeah. At least it wasn't the DC Rebirth uh, Lobo. Oh, Lord, that was horrible. The, oh, the, the one yeah. It's like the skinny, the slim, uh, that, that claimed that the other guy was, was, was a fake, fake Lobo. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't even get me started with that nonsense. Ralph's point is... Go ahead, Ralph. I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say, Ralph's point is that, you know what? When things can get bad, it can always get worse. My my favorite line that Lobo goes is uh, when he's... um, When he first shows up and Superman starts resisting and he's like, oh, so we're going to do this the fun way. <laughs> that was my favorite line. I mean, it is. It's a great line. And it's very, and it really does sum up his whole character yeah. right there. You know, right. I mean, which is, which is really good. But I mean, I just, it's the thing about Lobo is that he's such an over the top character mm-hmm. that is just unfairly related to any other character that he pulls mm-hmm. me out of the enjoyment of everything. He shows up in that way because he's, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's the thing is, it's when you know, his, um, his least comic book story is that like you know he can't die which they they just throw in like oh you should have told me about your immortality yeah, yeah you would think that would be kind of important uh, but uh, you know and like especially considering you left that through the story and like you know tell us at the end um, but like it's not even just immortality which would just which is vague enough as it is but in the comics it's just that he's so horrible that heaven won't take him and hell won't take him yep. so like he's especially comic wise yeah, so that therefore he can't die. Like literally, even from the smallest drop of blood, he will be reconstituted because nothing wants him. Um, right. So, like right then and there, you're like, okay, introducing him into any comic book, I can't take any adventure seriously at this point, you know. And also, and, like and- at that point, you're like, whoa, Anti Monitor's here. Just send Lobo. He'll reanimate. Just yeah. let him keep attacking and attacking until he wears him down. <laughs> you know. Right. You, now, here's my thing about Lobo. That, oh, sorry, Rob. Go ahead, bro. Did you ever um, see the the letter that says, that talks about his um his banning? His so banning? It, yeah, so it goes, um, from the desk of Derek Dodd, supervisor, memo, for your eyes only, re, Lobo, a.k.a. the main man, CC, 
all level one gods, goddesses, devils, death. Then the text, it says, under no conditions is the individual known as Lobo to be collected. His file has been categorized as untouchable pursuant to clause 27C, paragraph 7, I, XIV of the immortality brief of 12 BC. Thank you for your cooperation, uh, your kind cooperation in this matter. Derek Dodd. Sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Now, mind you, with all this talk about Lobo, you once Lobo showed up, I thought, even though I saw the cover of, of the movie, so obviously there's something that having to do with that. But I thought maybe Lobo was going to be a, a much more major part. Maybe he'd be the big bad, maybe, you know. And then all of a sudden, they showed the whole thing with Parasite. And like like Mike said, how, um, was it Ron, Ron, Ron Jones? Yes. Ron, how Ron Jones, the janitor, becomes Parasite. I can't lie. I did like that sequence. I liked when, not when, when, when the purple engulfed him, but when he was in the operating table. And I guess they were like, you know, you know, like doing. It wasn't an autopsy because he wasn't officially dead yet. No, they were removing his liver because it started dying. Right. right. And and then you start seeing him like take out this whole emergency room full of people. Mm-hmm. It was a really good visual scene. Like it looked really good. It's probably the best way I've seen people explain Parasite. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was good. The only thing I found disturbing about Parasite was when he did a shift in, when he lost a lot of his human-looking part mm-hmm. and he became more monstrous, and he got these weird amputee legs. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, it, was, it was disturbing on so many levels. Like, like, and not in a good, oh, it's a monster, should be disturbing. It, no, it was just like, give him feet. And I don't care if they're tiny, it just, it looks painful first. And you would hear this like, kind of like tick, 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 tick as he's yeah. running towards you. And I'm like, he looks like he has amputated legs. And that's not that a person with amputated legs is gross or anything like that. It's just one of these things of it's, it's unsettling, I guess, you know, not to see a character with feet. Cause eventually he did have feet. Yeah. Like, right. Toward, so I'm like, so you had feet, lost feet and got feet back. How does that work? It, it <laughs> was like, like the, the Powerpuff Girls type of animation where like they they don't have it's just a oh, round over kind of? or yeah. like I, if you i don't know if you remember um the cgi green lantern uh series yeah mm-hmm. I with that. the robot uh aya or whatever her name was right. Right. her feet were also sort of like that so it was it was, it was that shape oh okay though yeah that's the thing that got me i thought it was kind of weird that as he was powering up he got an erection off, out of his back those those spikes just like <laughs> parked up. I don't know Very if you noticed, like the more power he got, the bigger they got. So it was like clearly, that's what it was, right? Well, it was either that or he had to go out and buy a muscle car, and he didn't have a job anymore. So you know. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of grotesque forms, um, let's talk about the last character that we didn't really get to cover, which is um, Martian Manhunter, aka John Jones. How do you like the way they kind of introduced him? I mean, he's following around Superman as his alias form. And then when he what, attacks... What? E- what? Easy Reader? <laughs> easy, easy Reader. No, he just was. He was He was like, yo, what's going on around here? He, he's, the, he's the black shadow. He was, he was a black guy and he was following him like a shadow. Yeah, so, that's true. Black shadow. Uh I mean, but he, what about when he when, when he turned into like the because we we've seen um, John as a black man in multiple renditions of mm-hmm. movies and series and all that stuff, but then to see him as the alien alien, what did you think about that? 
seen it before, so it wasn't that shocking. I, but it was just really weird when he finally goes like he goes, oh, I, I really should have you know shouldn't have used my form. And I'm like, you've been on Earth how long? Like you know, I mean, if it's in the comics, he's been on Earth for ages. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's like you know better than to do that. Uh, it's disturbing to everybody, and it's not helping anything. Um, I just I, I thought the change was fine because we've seen it before, and they, they want to drive home to everyone that this is you know this is what he really looks like kind of a thing. But um, I just still felt that he was not used very well. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, again, it's like, he's, he's a great character that, that as we all, we've commented on ourselves in many different times, uh, he's, he's underused and he's very often poorly used. And it's not like saying this is the worst, but like, it still was kind of like, eh, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I guess, I wanted a little bit more from John Jones, and, and yeah. the way they advertised the film, I thought he'd play a bigger part. Right. But he, what he has a sleepover with Superman. They talk about being aliens, and then, <laughs> and, and for them to, the way the way we thought that he died when that he was burned to, and it wasn't just oh he was set on fire, and we assume it's off screen. He's nope. They just kept showing him. You could hear the crispy like pops and crackles, and I'm like, there was a um, scream. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you do understand that I under, that we know that he's a Green Martian. But most of the time, he's a black man. <laughs> I don't really think this is very good for your. Oh, it's DC. Never mind. This makes sense. <laughs> you know who? Who was I talking to? Never mind. What was I thinking? Yeah. Um, they, they yeah. Go, it's just they go. Um, did you guys get that nigga John color ready? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Damn! Come on. And the color, the color color is nigger tone. Oh, it's nigger tone. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my I'm, sorry. I'm not. I'm not repeating either of you two. Gotta be I'm just keep pushing. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so I just, I just thought that was just uh, a little bit, uh, you know, not, not the best use of John Jones, to say the least. Okay. So now let me ask you this: Now that we've introduced all our characters, where did the story suffer? Where, uh, did, where did you feel like okay? This could have been good, and then you did this, author. Uh, well, I definitely, unfortunately, I think that they thought they were adding to the film by giving us preteen Clark. I felt that that just did not work. Like I said, beyond the fact that I mentioned about his tears for, you know, feeling, you know, for being an alien, feeling mm-hmm. weird. Not even that, but, like, he he gets glasses as a teen, and... The, I, I mean, and we're not talking about he gets fake glasses, which would be equally as weird. Jonathan gets some glasses, and the conversation begins with uh, Martha talking to Jonathan, and she goes, it's been days. It's not healthy. And he goes, his response directly to that sentence is, it's a weak prescription. Yeah. Besides, you tried taking them away. Oh, okay, there's lots to unpack in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> why did you get him glasses, first of all? Who is the one that demanded them? Because... I don't see why Clark was demanding them or Jonathan wanted them. And then you went and got him glasses knowing that he didn't need them. So when he went to get the prescription, which means he had to see an um, optometrist, mm-hmm. his vision would have been just fine. So even if the optometrist, not even being shady, sometimes optometrists are like, hey, your kid wants glasses. I'll just get him clear glasses because there's nothing wrong with his eyes. No, no, no. He gave him a weak prescription. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got lots of questions. And why is he obsessed with them to the point that you can't take them away? Because that's sounding very much bright burn to me right there. <laughs> you're like hey, this is how Brightburn happens <laughs> yeah like like this is when, when Martha takes the glasses and then it's all done <laughs> you know so that <laughs> I thought that they were trying to give us more of a feel of Clark and I'm like no you didn't help <laughs> it didn't add anything to the story at all <laughs> oh man um, what about you Ralph where was it where you felt like okay this story has failed 
or it didn't do as well? Where did you feel like that happened? Um, or did you even feel like that at all? I'm sorry. That's an assumption. I would say on the part of Lois, they because they, it, it didn't really work well with the image that they probably wanted to show of her and her mm-hmm. storyline because it, it really showed her because in the, it, other versions of Lois, we see she's a little bit more compassionate, you know? Yes. And, and like, especially with the story of, of Superman, like here she's trying to expose him sort of like, like if he's there to, like she, she won't even give him the chance. Like first she's like, Oh, I'm going to exp- uh, tell everyone what he really is, you know, so that they know the truth, but not even taking mm-hmm. into consideration what he would, would think about that, you know? What? You mean uh, she was kind of like a white suburban woman being afraid of an alien in her vicinity? Yes. What? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is how they wrote her. But that is unfortunately how they wrote her. Yes. I mean, think about it. I forget which fight. Was it the fight with Lobo or was it the fight with um, Parasite when it was out in the open before the, the finale one? It's whichever one that he's getting his ass kicked and then kind of kicking ass back and forth. And she's literally watching with defiance. Mm-hmm. Remember, was, she's, was... she's not looking. She has no look of like, oh, my God. Or... Oh, no, she's just looking like, what else you got? It was with the first fight with Lobo. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, who is this woman? Like, again, what's this relationship that I'm supposed to believe is this this love of all loves, <laughs> you know, that will eventually happen? My, my, you know? my thing is, if you're going to be a hard-ass the entire time, there's no room for, you know, not that there's no room, but it's harder for us to like you if you don't show that glimpse of compassion or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. You know, you, you can still be, you, you, you can still be intelligent and have intellect and and be shrewd and still have a heart, and they, right. they just don't get that right with her. Yeah, um, yeah. unless there's going to be a sequel and they're going to show like where, because of the story with Superman, it, it changes her. Then right. I, I don't see where this character could work. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, love, I, I did love one scene though, by the way, when Martian Manhunter is reading Superman's mind and showing him. Uh, he's like. This is the last thing your mother ever said to you. And this is, I mean, he's literally an infant. I mean, he's not, I don't even, I don't know which is smaller, baby or infant. He's, he's newborn. You know? Right. She goes, to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. I dwell in the past is to lose one's path. And I'm like, why, why did you say that to a baby? He no, <laughs> a, he's not going to remember it. But like, that's the weirdest thing to say to a baby. Well, and like, it was supposed to be so heartfelt because it's supposed to be applicable to now. And I'm like, yeah, that's. That that didn't wouldn't work. <laughs> you, you couldn't say you can't say he wasn't going to remember it because it was in his memory. Everything is in our memory, but he <laughs> but he did not remember it. You know? Right. It's, it's like the guy that goes, "Oh, um, I have a, a photographic memory." It's just sometimes the film gets lost. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what did and, you uh, guys? I'm sorry. Okay. I was about to say another little thing that just kind of got me was the world has only kind of seen glimpses of Superman, but still doesn't have a real idea of what he can do or anything like that. But Star Labs, and then we'll then cut that. But um, and then Lobo is going toe to toe definitely with him, Mm -hmm. and Star Labs has container cells to hold Lobo. I'm like, how? (laughs) We need container cells that'll hold unimaginable strength. What does that mean? <laughs> so er, earlier, it was really quick. Like you probably missed it earlier in the movie. They make mention of other superpowered uh, people. It was really quick. I, that's the the reason why they they have the whole thing. 
Well, yeah, well, that's what well, um, Rudy Jones says. He's like, you know, like to deal with things like super speed and stuff like that. But I'm mm -hmm. like, again, if you don't have someone to just, the, if, in other words, just seeing someone move quickly or seeing, wow, that guy's strong, you can't build a containment unit off of like, hey, that guy's strong or that guy's fast unless they volunteered at least There's to no way to measure it. There's no way to measure it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Well, don't you right. know that in the world of comics, theoretical physics is so exact? <laughs> theoretical we don't have theoretical physics we have physics exactly. it's all possible <laughs> exactly <laughs> they just um, throw in some numbers and boom it's done in the, in the interest of time because I, I mean I, I don't want to run too long but um, too late I know um, I, I tend to do that I apologize um, so let me ask you this um, the big climactic fight scene with you know where, where everybody comes together Lobo's there for a little while and you have um, haha, Martian Manhunter's not dead, and they're fighting the parasite. How did you feel about this climactic ending, and then how how they got rid of parasite? Well, I feel like um, Mati from uh, Captain Planet deserves a lot of credit here because <laughs> obviously he was Superman's secret mentor, and he taught him all about heart. Because then he goes, "All right, uh, parasite." If you took this from me, you took my heart. So clearly, that's what's going to win the day here. And he showed us that Parasite still had heart in the end and saved everyone by sacrificing himself. So if there's anyone that deserves the credit for saving the day, is Mati. Because he well, definitely. Do we know that he. Did he sacrifice himself or did he just go for his hunger? Because remember, this guy that was being super punched by Superman and feeling nothing reacted to two people throwing what molotov cocktails at him yeah like <laughs> i'm like uh-huh <laughs> right you felt that huh you people are shooting bombs and missiles and all this other crap but you felt those molotov cocktails they were wow that's something else <laughs> they were molotov cocktails of emotion ah there we go that's what emotion. it was Sounds like a counselor's <laughs> dream. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just throw like, this Molotov I mean, cocktail of emotion in there and we close the door. Whoop. Have fun. <laughs> as much as Ralph's point is valid about um, Superman, it kind of it seemed like he was trying to encourage him to like, you know, since you, you know, absorbed part of me, you can do whatever, whatever. I felt the ending was a little anticlimactic. I thought it would be a bigger boom. And maybe I'm 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 from the Michael Bay school of endings. Like, this has gotta be a boom and a bang. I just felt like it just kind of, it kind of plateaued. It didn't reach a height because you add Lex Luthor and you're like, oh wow, you know he, you know he actually had a plan all along. Surprise, surprise. But you know it was, I was like, okay, well, now we're seeing Lex, you know, in his true colors and everybody started to come out the woodwork. And I just felt the end was just kind of, meh. <laughs> I give, I give it to you. I mean, it's. I'm not saying that I wanted more fighting and explosion. It's just I don't know what it was I wanted out of that ending. That just right. wasn't the ending I wanted. It, it like I said, it's just it's. It's kind of like, um, and I, Ralph can appreciate this. It's kind of like I think it's season eleven. Is that with uh, God's sister, uh, the Darkness? Is that, no, is that the uh, one? Eleven or is it twelve? Eleven is with uh, Leviathan. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, Leviathan is like way earlier on because that's after the. Uh, that's like six or seven. No, um, I think it's around eleven. It's either eleven or twelve of that season. That's unimportant. Um, but the, the, the end of that was basically after she's murdered, you know, countless people and nearly brings about the end of the world, almost destroys God himself, the whole thing. It just was like, 
hey, family's really important. And you guys need to hug it out. And so they do, and everything's fine. And you're like, that, that's what I just waited a whole season for was, you know, family's family. And sometimes it sucks, but you each got each other. I'm like, that was the entire thing we waited for. You know, it was that kind of a feel, which is like, you know, so with this one, and also, like, it's also that pompousness of you have my heart. And my heart is evidently more generous and gracious than everybody's heart on earth, you know, he of was... all the people that you killed and sucked into yourself. Evidently, I was the only caring person, not like those selfish doctors that were trying to help you. Right. He, <laughs> you know? he was a student of my team, man. I'm telling you that that boy, <laughs> he had heart and he learned you from the, the master of heart. You know, you get more. There heart. You go. There you go. Oh, man. Anything else we want to add before we go into Renaming and ratings. Yeah, I, I'm good. I, oh, what you got there, I fully expected uh, when like Parasite disintegrates for like there to be a body left over, seeing as how like almost nobody died, right? Because like, well, except for the people who, who Parasite consumed. But like, I was the, like, I'm like, huh? All, <laughs> I'm like, dude. All the heroes, all the heroes, like, well, quote unquote heroes stayed alive because like uh, Manhunter survived, Lobo survived. Nothing happened alike. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, Parasite will be alive as well. They're going to use him in another movie. Oh, if they need to, they can always. We gathered the dust and we, we you know, he was just dry. We just moistened him up. I was expecting an <laughs> end credit scene. <laughs> I was expecting an end credit scene where, like, the like a hand of, of is being reconstituted from the dust or something, you know? Nah. Yeah. All you got was the Warner Brothers logo coming at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. Stay tuned for We Got Nothing. <laughs> all right let's do it gentlemen let's rename the film ralph do you need time do no you need I, I got this yo he's been Ooh. he's been on point he's looking to shut me up every time yeah all right ralph, it's more fun it's uh, more fun to shut me up you can't be done but okay <laughs> uh superman the heart of a hero i have it in a jar oh. you want to see oh god <laughs> <laughs> all right with all the all the different extraterrestrials we had on this show or in this in this particular movie, I'm gonna call it Superman Alienation. Like, alienation uh, or Alienation? Alienation. Okay. Could that the other one could have worked too? Yeah. yeah. Mike. Um, I couldn't decide between these two. I either have settling the Superman meets Lois story, or <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> Ron, Ron Troop, the only black guy in Metropolis, because oh, that really would be a story in itself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Troop. Yes, true. All right, let's do it now. Ratings for Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Ralph? I give Superman, Man of Tomorrow, eight. So we're going to do this the fun way out of ten. <laughs> that was just a All good right. line. I love it. I'm going to give Superman, Man of Tomorrow, seven purple-looking, purple, purple monsters that look like 1998 Godzilla. Yeah, that pissed me off to no end, by the way. I was waiting for you to miss that. Like, like... Uh, it just <laughs> pissed me off. I was like, I'm like, you made him look like the worst rendition of Godzilla ever. Since when does Parasite okay, so shoot I wasn't alone. I'm good. out of his mouth? When they want him to. <laughs> and when they want to piss off He's... Japan. <laughs> the, cop... <laughs> the copyright lawyers are probably like, no, 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 you're, you're just below the line. You're fine. Yeah, Tahoscope is pissed at this point. <laughs> You're right. Mike, what you got? Um, I'm going to take some of uh, Pa Kent's words. So I'm going to give this six. It's a weak prescription out of ten. <laughs> 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 All 
All right. So there you have it. Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Don't see a tomorrow for, for a sequel for this movie. But guys, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Now with more heart. Now with more heart. <laughs> Oh man, you're not gonna have the heart to to, to, to take it easy on this geek. What happens when Captain Planet doesn't get the heart? Does he just become a bastard? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. He becomes Captain Asshole. Well, he can still Damn. be Captain Planet, but like then he instead of him being like, and we can save the planet, he'd be like, the planet's gonna kill all you bitches. <laughs> Tidal waves, earthquakes, <laughs> fires. That's that's like the the, the the um I think it's college humor, the Don Cheeto Captain Planet. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I see that one. (laughs) All right, everybody. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we've made it under a minute a couple of times. Ralph's still a cock blocker. Mike still plays innocent. I think it's a ploy, but we'll try anyway. Or if you were expecting a response, you know. Yeah, I was actually, (laughs) I was expecting something witty and and some retort, but obviously you guys ran out with that that review. Ready. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> Ready, set, go. What would you say is Superman's biggest fear? Mike. Helping poor minorities with their problems. Damn. Ralph? <laughs> um, I would have to say his biggest fear is commitment. Wow. Okay. True. okay. All right. Is it about time that Martian Manhunter gets a movie of his own? Ralph. Um... Hell yeah, like it should have been done like the originator because he's the first one that came here. Like, like they did Captain Marvel, where like you know, like in the 80s or whatever, it should have done a freaking Manhunter in the 40s. Nice stalling answer, Mike. Yeah, you could have stopped him at any time. Yeah. Uh, no, he works well with other heroes, but solo, yawn. All right, which Justice League character would seamlessly fit with the Avengers, Ralph? I want to say Captain America. No, not Captain. I'm sorry, Superman. Superman. <laughs> I was Mike. I was thinking the opposite. Mike, Jesus Christ, you fucking going over Mike's answer? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm Ralph, but I can see the confusion. I'm kind of holy. No, you're going over Mike's answer. Mike was going to respond. You were still talking. Mike yeah. wasn't ready to respond. He was still thinking. You can see. You were still it. Ready to respond. I'm still ready to respond. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can never get Thank the question. <laughs> Mike. Which Justice League character would seamlessly fit with the Avengers? Cyborg. Everyone would think he's one of Tony's old suits. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, look where you did the roadie. I'm not roadie. <laughs> <laughs> we all don't look alike. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much you do. <laughs> fun, a fun little tidbit. Um, when Stan Lee was asked who is his favorite DC character, he actually responded, Lobo. What? Yeah. He's an old senile man. He probably responded with lots of things like potato. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and of man. course the inevitable Who are you people? <laughs> oh shit. Excelsior. What? Oh my god. <laughs> all right, all right. Shout outs. Do we have any shout outs today, gentlemen? I would like to shout out myself. For I'm amazing, Ooh. and I don't tell myself that enough. And I just wanted myself to know that I, you are amazing. You were that but kid are, that voted for yourself in, in are, the school election. But, are you, but are you going to listen to this episode so that you hear that message? 
Probably not. Ah, well, then that was a waste. <laughs> Isn't it all, Mike? Isn't it all? Isn't it all? <laughs> okay. All right. Mike, you have any, any um, shout-outs? I am shouting out everybody out there, military people especially, because we need our answers, first of all, for the <laughs> major captain, captain major. We don't know. But uh, but also as a thank you for everything you've been doing. Um, and all, to everyone else that's that's still been good, doing the good fight and people that are following the guidelines from the CDC during this whole mess through all the ups, downs, and unsureties and whatever else that's going on. Thank you all for you know trying, fighting through. We are getting it done. Definitely New York is seeing a, a turnaround, so we're happy about that. I just want to go outside and see my friends. Oh, and also the two people that do, I do the podcast with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we can do a live podcast. For Whoever those guys are. Uh, I wouldn't even recognize you guys live. Right. <laughs> well, one of us will have hair grown by then. There'd probably be more of a delay if we do it live. Right. Because <laughs> we're waiting for the hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> um, my shout outs, you, I mean, first I want to start off with everybody who's been listening, who's been, you know, checking in on us. Even if you don't like send a message and drop in, the fact that you listen, we really appreciate it. We're glad you're, you know, coming to us for your, for your entertainment, for your information, and for a laugh or three. So we're, I'm glad that, you know, you guys have been checking in. Please check in. Um, for the usuals, I'll say the ones that I've heard from, which is Tinkerbell and Johannes. Johannes is, um, I think he's in his he's brother's back, house. He's back, baby. Yeah, he's back, but he's in his brother's house doing a lot of studying. And he's like, you guys not coming out with another episode? I'm like, dude. <laughs> so he's been like, you know, encouraging us to put out more and more episodes. So shout out to Johannes. Even, even more reason to stay week to week. That's right. And um, shout out to Tinkerbell. So, you know. Oh, who's the other shout I had? Oh, shout out to JP, who, <laughs> um, from episode 169, um, Mike mentioned that, you know, JP was supposed to be on and he didn't. I found out later on the next day that JP had a previous engagement and it canceled on him. I'm like, that's, that, that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> come, 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> what was even funny was him and I had a long discussion about Transformers. It was one of those that he heard the Transformer episode. And he was like, you know, you got and so, so like he, me and him went in for like an hour-long conversation. For those of you listeners out there, a conversation about Transformers is interesting in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it, it was it was still pretty interesting. He brought up a lot of interesting points, but I told him I said next time be on the show. But that's another story. How many of your points ended with? No, because it would be points. That's what it would be because you have to transform to something. Ah. Anything else we want to mention before we go, gentlemen? No, sir. Oh, then our job is done here. So for MFG. Mike the Finance Guy and RT Square. We're off the tech. This is the cab saying keep it geeky. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm.